Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. We are back once again with a different crew, but still feels like the full crew. What up, y'all? It's Climbing the Pocket in the Huddle. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And uh, this is going to be interesting. Not sure what the dynamic's going to be like, but we're just going to get started. We're going to jump in. We're going to see how it goes because we got the man, the myth, the legend, the Flip Mozzie. How you doing, my man? How you been? I'm doing well, Jason. Always a pleasure to be on. And and these are my favorite, too. I mean, I don't know. I don't even remember who we usually have on the show. But this right here, Jason Brown, Nick Olson, let's go. Let's do it. I mean, I'm worried, though. I'm worried. Is there going to be too much agreement on this show? And, uh, you know, next up, back from a hiatus, we got the man, the most wholesome person on all of Vikings Twitter, but apparently also Vikings Discord and apparently also Vikings Reddit, just the low-key I got all your social man media about channels all things covered, Vikings. We're on YouTube now, Twitter, of course. What what is Discord? I don't even, I don't even know half of these apps. Flip flip you boomer. <laughs> it's it's right, Slack, but for but for yeah. gamer millennials. It's yeah. basically I, if Slack. there's if there's Slack. Vikings fans on there for me to yell at, uh just send me the. We'll get you hooked the, up, Flip. Yeah, we got to get you in there, Flip. We got to get you Hyperlink. in. Hyperlink. All right. Hyperlink. Well, let's talk about it. You know, the 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 roller coaster that has been the Vikings off season continues, but I feel like we're on a fun part of the ride now. I mean, for most oh, yeah. everyone, Flip, I feel like you are still kind of iffy about how things are going, in spite of like all the news to make us super happy. So, Flip, I'm I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to start off optimistic here. How are you feeling about all the recent news with the Vikings? Obviously, Hunter coming back. Sheldon Richardson. You know, we got Prashad Breeland in there. We still have money to spend. I mean, it's all good things, right, Flip? Yeah, you know, we got we got Westworld in the comments. We got Jeffrey in the comments see lately jason has been trying to telegraph whether i'm supposed to be happy or sad about these things you know it if i'm a vikings fan right now especially after the last few weeks i i think it's time to get that vaccination shot get that jab and buy some tickets to at least one more game i i got two game tickets i i might be looking for a third because this team looks ready this team is built in mike zimmer's in it image they have all the personnel all the talent he could ever ask for and they're all coming back wanting to play for the dude for him for andre patterson so this is a great defense on paper this is an offense that was top 10 in efficiency last year and you know fans are back in the stadium now so 2021 is is a time to go see the Vikings. There is definitely excitement. There's definite positivity and optimism in that odd year, like we always do. We optimistic flip is back. Nick, talk to me about this contract. Talk to me about what the Vikings were able to do. 
how did they get things figured out? What did Briz do? And uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on how this structure looks for the team and for Hunter as we move forward the next couple of years? Uh, yeah, man, like we we really need to get going on building Briz that statue because this was this was a work of genius. Um, you know, when the numbers initially came out, I think a lot of people were like, okay, they gave him like maybe they gave him an extra five million dollars. And then they also gave him an extra $18 million the next day or something because, you know, they, they, it was announced, Rappaport announced that uh, Hunter would be getting an additional $5.6 million, $5. million as a signing bonus in 2021. And then next year, he'd be getting an $18 million roster bonus. Um, and folks weren't sure exactly how the money played out. Turns out none of that is new money. It's all just shuffling around money that's already under his contract. So <laughs> Hunter's whole issue was like, man, I'm underpaid. It guess what? Prepaid. It's still the same deal. But the way it works out now is now 5.6 million in 2021 is going to be paid up, uh, I guess now as a signing bonus. Uh, so he doesn't have to wait till, you know, week 17 or whatever to earn all of it. Um, so he gets that now, which is important coming off an injury. You want a little bit more guarantees. And then next year he gets $18 million on March 15th or whatever the fifth day of the league year will be. Um, assuming the Vikings don't rework that his contract before then. Um, it, what's more likely is I think the Vikings will probably use that deadline as a, as a date by which they figure out what to do with Hunter. Probably assuming he bounces back and is 100%, I think they'll work on just, they'll just pay, you know, best case scenario, Hunter bounces back. He's another, he's a top 10 edge defender again, 2021. And at that point, they're happy to pay him 20 plus million dollars a year, $25 million a year. If that's what it takes, you know, Joey Bosa right now is averaging $27 million a year. So if that's what it takes, I think they would be happy to extend him like that. And I, I wrote an article in Zone Coverage today. It's it's very similar to what happened with Adam Thielen. Now, you might it, – it, it was back a few years back, but in 2017, Adam Thielen had like – he is coming off a 900-yard season. He was good, but we didn't know how good he was. The Vikings locked him up for like a three-year, I think, $17 million extension or something. Something that was like, oh, that's cool. Like a nice homegrown special teamer becoming like rotational wide receiver. That's cool. And then Thielen goes ahead, 2017 Pro Bowler, 2018 Pro Bowler. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's quickly becomes apparent Thielen is really outplaying his contract. Um, and he deserves more. And with two years remaining on the contract, the Vikings then go and give Thielen a four-year, $64 million contract. Um, they, they give him pay raise, they do the right thing and they give him his money early to make him in line with the market. They don't make him like, they don't give him, you know, $25 million a year, like some wide receivers are making, they give him, you know, like 16, but you know, that, that was still like top six money for wide receivers at the time. Um, and I think that's exactly what they're going to, what's going to end up happening with Daniel Hunter, assuming he bounces back from his injuries, he's going to bounce back. He's going to look like a pro bowler again. And the Vikings are going to say, we're going to do right for you by you two years left. We'll extend you. We'll pay you big money. Um, that, that contract date, I think can, if, if things go sour or maybe they they decide they're going to roll with Kirk and they don't like having two gigantic cap hits on the 2022 roster between cousins and Hunter, maybe they think about trading Hunter at that point. But I do think the way this is all shaping up is to be another Adam Thielen situation where they give him an extension, um, in March next year, in that nine months from now. But for now, the, the, the drama is completely resolved. Hunter doesn't get any, he doesn't get a new deal. I mean, he Things are tweaked a little bit, but it's the same deal, same money. It's just shuffle around a little bit. And now he's, he's shown up to mandatory minicamp. He's shown up to train camp. Unlike Aaron Rodgers, he's not holding out. So things are things are looking rosy. And he's reunited with his old pal Sheldon Richardson, too. So um, <laughs> I got to say, this is probably it's, – it's the middle of June. But I think today was the best day of Vikings free agency over the entire last four months. Like between Hunter and Sheldon Richardson, uh, one day is just beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Nick, you, you brought up Aaron Rodgers, but like 
you, you didn't even really just like drive the point home the way you did on, on, on Twitter today that, you know, the best part of all of this is really that we can now mock the Packers fan without like having that cloud hanging over our head about what's going on oh, with Hunter. Oh, totally. So, oh, your, your best player isn't showing up to mandatory mini camp. Oh, I, 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 I can't sympathize. Uh, that must be really hard for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick, the audacity to not remember that we also signed Kellen Mond today. QB of the future. That's how great a day it was, Flip. That's how great a was. QB of the future sign, and we didn't even doesn't even register on the newsfeed. Wow, wow. <laughs> so, Flip, there as is. we ro- as we roll this thing along, and uh, you know Richardson also back. Not sure where he's going to play. I guess what are your thoughts on that signing? Because earlier in the offseason, obviously you had some feelings about this turning into a, like an all Mike Zimmer all the time off season uh, with him getting every piece that he wanted on that defense. Richardson seems like a nice lug, almost like a luxury pick based on, you know, kind of what the Vikings already have along the interior uh, defensive line. What were your thoughts about that signing? Obviously it's great value. Obviously Richardson um, has familiarity with the scheme, but like, what are your thoughts on what that's, uh, I guess, spoke to in terms of, yeah, what the Vikings' philosophy is going to be for the remainder of this offseason and, and you know, what it means as we get into the next year. Yeah, you, you know, Richardson is really interesting because that was the big supply, surprise. I mean, Daniil Hunter honestly does not move the needle for me simply because I was never worried about it. They were always going to figure that out, and it, it was always about the guaranteed money more so than, you know, him – Everybody tied to him making those crazy demands to be a top five, to be the top defensive end paid player in the NFL. And we all knew that was just bargaining piece. We all knew that. It always felt like they were close to an agreement here. They got that done. Richardson is very, very interesting because it happened very quickly. It happened almost, it happened so close to Daniil Hunter that it was almost like they, they reworked the Hunter contract in a way that would allow them to assign Sheldon Richardson immediately. But the more interesting thing with the timing of waiting on a guy like Sheldon Richardson is I just feel like they went into the, the May and June rookie practices, the mini camps and Mike Zimmer and Andre Patterson must not have loved what they saw from their interior defensive line. And, you know, Mike Zimmer is going to bed having nightmares about his defensive line from 2020. Those guys, Armand Watts, Hercules Mata'afa, Blake Lynch, it's almost um, it's almost <laughs> hilarious to think that they've made all those pigs and then they just came in this offseason and just pushed them all down the depth chart. What it does mean is that for the top of the depth chart, Really, really exciting to add a player of Sheldon Richardson's caliber. I know that this was done in the same time frame as Brashad Breland, as Ty Smith. This signing is way far and above more impactful, more valuable, better than those guys. I mean, Sheldon Richardson is a top 15 interior defensive lineman when rushing the passer. He's been Good, not just in 2018 for the Vikings, but on his rookie contract for the Cleveland Browns. He's been great throughout, and he's coming into a system that he already knows. He's coming into 
an environment with coaches and players that he's already had success with. So to get that at his cap number is fantastic. I honestly think he'll play more snaps when all said and done in 2021. I think he'll outsnap Michael Pierce and be a key cog in this defensive line rotation. Hey, Nick, I, uh, I want to get you to comment because Sean just asked a, a question and it's something that's been floated around and people have been joking about it a bit uh, uh, online. But, um, yo, Andre Patterson did say, like, our scheme doesn't really require a penetrating three tackle to uh, a three technique to, to be great. And there's a lot of talk about that earlier in the offseason. Uh, Sheldon Richardson seems to be a complete 180 from 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 that line of reasoning. Um, and, and Patterson tends to be one who, who seems to be pretty straight up when he, when he's talking to the media. So do you think he was maybe blowing spoke back then? Or like Flip said, like they saw what they had and were like, nah, we're not doing this again. And like, we got to go and run it back and, uh, you'll get, you know, uh, a new, maybe better Tom Johnson in here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I think. I think part of it was blowing smoke. I think they knew all along they needed to get pass rushers. Like it wasn't a secret. Like, like it's it's not necessarily a three technique, but they heavily targeted Carl Lawson. They made him an offer. When that didn't pan out, they heavily targeted Trey Hendrickson. When that didn't pan out, they looked at the draft and they highly considered drafting Pay. They highly considered drafting um, the, the, the 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 not Ojolari, but the other the other guy. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, so they they were they. Jalen Phillips. <laughs> they were re- Jalen Phillips. Thank you. They were heavily considering. They 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 clearly went into the offseason thinking like Daniel Hunter. That's great, but that's not enough. We need more pass rushers. I think the problem is they probably had wanted Sheldon Richardson all along, but they never thought they they could get him for third. <laughs> thank you, Ted. <laughs> they never thought they could get him for what almost three million dollars, three three and a half plus incentives. Like that's an insane steal. Like Sheldon Richardson's been playing for what like. Nine figures, his entire his entire like con- he he played for the Vikings, I think eight million or something, and then the Browns was was set to ma- he made like maybe ten million last year, but for him to be this late in the game, sign on for like a you know like a backup money, like Stephen Weatherly money, that's insane. He's a starting caliber player. He's still really good, and he's been consistently good everywhere he's been. You know, he's bounced around a little bit, but he's been good. He's good. Uh, the Jets, he was good in Seattle. He's good in Minnesota, and then he was good in the Browns the last two years. So he's a good player. Um, and I I just think Patterson probably knew they needed some pass rush juice but <laughs> didn't didn't think he would be lucky enough to get a shiny new toy in Sheldon Richardson for as cheap as they were able to get him well i i mean looking back i the the front office they've spent like 30 million on defense so why would why would patterson think any different i mean he is he's literally the wife he's zimmer's wife who gets whatever he wants <laughs> at, at this point in time like he's he should he should ask for a new car like a tesla or maserati at this rate because rick rick and briz will find a way to get it under the cat you gotta love it gotta love it so we have all these new toys nick how are they all gonna fit on the field like what are your thoughts on what this is gonna look like can sheldon rush from the edge or is he going to be rushing from the interior? Like, how do you think we're going to get all these pieces, you know, on the field? Um, and then, Flip, you did mention something earlier that I want you to ch- to kind of respond to when Nick's done around some of the younger guys being pushed, you know, further down the depth chart. Because I also know that was one of the things that, uh, that you were excited about this season is, like, seeing these young guys play, seeing them get out there, seeing them develop. And so I- I'm interested in your thoughts on kind of 
the new maybe expectations for the Vikings this season with some veterans and some names coming in versus kind of the excitement that you had of, you know, seeing some players develop over the longer term? Yeah, it's an interesting question um, in terms of how they all fit together because you get into a little bit of why does Mike Zimmer scheme his fronts the way he does? Um, and I've seen folks talk about, oh, maybe they'll they'll shift to some tight front looks or maybe they'll do some bare fronts. And I don't think that'll, that'll necessarily happen. I mean, so a tight front is basically three defensive tackles. You've got one as a four-eye technique, another on the other side as a four-eye technique. So just inside uh, the two tackles, then you have a head-up nose guard, like a zero tech on the center. Um, and that's the, that's the essential tight front. It's popularized in college football now because of the, the spread of the RPO um, and the overhang defender in the tight. What a tight front allows you to do is that that conflict defender, the overhang linebacker, outside linebacker, has a little bo- bit more space where he's, he's not necessarily as conflicted in the RPO. So it's kind of a counter to um, what you see in college offense. The college offenses are also a lot more run heavy. So whereas in the NFL, it's a passing league. So the reason you probably won't see many bare fronts, tight fronts, other fronts where you have like three interior defensive linemen on the line is just because um, you're sacrificing pass rush by not having two guys on the true edge. Um, you know, if you have Sheldon Richardson on the field at the same time as Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, that's not going to be as good of a pass rush as having Daniil Hunter on the edge. And, you know, Stephen Weatherly isn't good, but I think Stephen Weatherly is a better edge rusher than Sheldon Richardson is <laughs> sad to say. So in, in terms of how this all fits together, you know, I, I think, Flip was right when you, you know, when you point out that like this guy could outstamp Michael Pierce. I think that's right. He's going to get all the third down pass rushing snaps from the inside. Sheldon Richardson is. He's going to get all the second and long, you know, like the obvious pass, you know, second and 10 pass situation. going to get all the two minute drills and he'll probably spell uh, Delvin Thompson a little bit as well. So I think we're looking at a guy. He's probably going to get like, I don't know, 600, maybe 700 snaps considering there's a 17th game now. So I, I feel like they're definitely going to get good run out of him. I mean, Tom Johnson, when he was with the Vikings, um, was in kind of in that same mold. He's a, he's a pure develop. He was like a pure rotational pass rusher, and he averaged 600 snaps a year with the Vikings. So I feel like, and Sheldon Richardson mentioned he had slimmed down a little bit. He said his play weight, I think, was at 286. Um, his weights fluctuated all over the place with the Jets. He was he got his heaviest 330. Uh, when he was with the Vikings, I think he was around 300. Um, but now, so he slimmed down kind of as as a as a as a pure pass rusher you want to be slimmed down a little bit so you can shoot into your gap faster and sort of attack uh, penetrate a little bit quicker and so I think the fact that he's slimming down he's like molding into like I think he's going to be basically a souped up version of Tom Johnson which I think is great because now on third downs you have you're not just worrying about Daniil Hunter now you're worrying about can we handle Sheldon Richardson one-on-one against a guard I don't I'm not sure if you want to be overconfident in that so it, it really gives some big pass rush juice um, they're going to have a really strong rotation. I mean, those are three really strong defensive tackles, probably one of the best groups of, of defensive tackles in the NFL. Um, so I, I, I think it's a strong rotation. There's strong depth. There's rotational snaps to go around for everybody. Um, I don't really see Sheldon Richardson fitting on the edge just because I don't think he necessarily has like the burst and bend to win around the edge. I think he's more of like a, he's really good on stunts. You can loop him around. He's really quick. He's got heavy hands. He's got like a burst and he's strong. He can bull rush guys really well. Um, so he's he's not the type of guy you want to leave one on one. And also he's just a technician with his hands. Um, he's got uh, he's got a nice rip move, nice jab, a nice um, swim move. So he's got a lot of different ways he can beat you as a pass rusher. And he's also a stout run defender as well. It's a, a, one thing that's interesting about this is he's a good run defender. Um, like he was a starting defensive tackle. He played over a thousand snaps or 900, over 900 snaps for Cleveland last year. 
Um, and he was a good run defender too. So it's, it's not like that's a weakness of his game, like the way Tom Johnson it was, but I think maybe with, maybe with him slimming down, the focus is going to be on, on a rotational pass rusher. Well, Devin Thompson, Michael Pierce would be the, the, the two big run stuffers. And I think by, by combining them in different, in different fronts, different looks and getting them all different rotational snaps. Um, it looks like what was kind of a big, scary weak point for a while with Shamar Stefan is now like, wow, this is probably the best it's been since the Williams wall. So I'm really excited. That's great. Oh, <laughs> is it my turn? Is it my turn? To t- I, I killed well, the you chat. Know, I, 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 I monologue too long. <laughs> I waited, you know, I was waiting for Ted Glover to pipe up, you know, because it, first of all, Ted, I'm a survivor, man. I'm not getting fired. Like Zimmer, like Kirk Cousins, I'm a survivor. No matter what happens this year, unless we win the Super Bowl, then I might, then I might, right off in the sunset. But, you know, there's a lot of people saying win now. There's a lot of people saying, a lot of fans saying Super Bowl or bust. And I just, I don't know if we can disagree with them at this point with, I think it's eight one-year contracts on the defensive side of the ball, four one-year contracts on the offensive side of the ball. We really, we signed one player for a length longer than one year. And I think that was Dalvin Tomlinson. And we shortened Daniel Hunter's contract to give him an option right before 2021. So I don't know how you can be optimistic. Yeah. And, and Anthony Barr. So I don't know how you can be optimistic about 2021 without admitting that it has to be 2021 because 2022, all these guys are out of the building in a year, a free agency year where the cap is set to expand by, I think, something like $25 million. And when you start to eat away at the amount of rollover cap space you have for 2022, which is what these one-year deals do, you start to realize the Vikings only have $15 million in 2022 cap space as we sit here today. And the majority of that is Kirk Cousins with his hefty 2022 cap hit at $45 million. But there is no scenario where the Vikings bomb this year and then are quickly able to rely on young players who got experience in 2021 for the future. That's not what they're doing. They're saying we're playing the vets. And that's that's a little that's a little scary. And there's also no scenario where the Vikings kick ass, win the NFC North, win a playoff game. You know, in that scenario, a lot of these one-year signings are probably proving it on their prove-it years, and they're going to go get big money into 2022 free agency period, money that the Vikings won't be able to afford. So I can say right now that I expect them to have more success in 2021 than they do in 2022. And I'm saying that in June of 2021, we already know that based on how they've structured these contracts. So that's why I say, get the jab, get vaccinated and buy those tickets now and hope that it is this year because what they're doing is risky. And I don't say risk from a, uh, to be negative. I say risk because risk can be a positive The chips are in. It's been incremental, so it hasn't felt like they're all in, but they are definitely limiting flexibility by bringing in all these veterans for just a one-year deal 
we're not going to see the young guys, which means we have no idea what 2022 is going to be like. Yeah, Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Are, are the Vikings quietly going all in? And if so, how do you, what, I guess, what are you betting? You weren't here the last time we talked on it, but like, where are you, where are you betting? What, what's your win total for the Vikings? If, if in fact they are all in, like, do you think they've done enough where you feel that they are like, not just a team that you know, might make the playoffs, but like a favorite in the NFC? I don't know if I'd go that far as like a you know Super Bowl favorites or anything, but they certainly look right now with Aaron Rodgers holding out, they should be heavy favorites to win the North. I mean, if Rodgers comes back, then I don't know, maybe they probably take a back seat once more. But if Jordan Love is a starter in Green Bay week one, the Vikings have kind of a pretty clear path to the NFC North because Andy Dalton, Matt Nagy says Andy Dalton's the starter week one. So as much as we're all excited to see Justin Fields, one, once he starts, he's going to be a youngster. You know, he's probably not going to hit the ground running because hardly anyone does that. Even Patrick Mahomes had his rookie year. Um, and the second, th- you know, second, you know, that that roster is aging. Like, you know, everybody's scared about the Bears defensive line. Well, Khalil Mack is turning 31. Uh, Akeem Hicks is 31. Uh, the rest of, like, that whole roster is, like, geriatric. So I'm not too scared about the Bears. Right? They cut Kyle Fuller, their best corner. They cut both of their starting tackles. Um, that roster's in a little bit of a mess right now, and it's 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 aging. I don't think the Bears are necessarily going to threaten to win the division. And then the Lions are doing all but actively tanking. Uh, they they their 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 number one wide receiver is is I I don't Quintus Cephas or whoever. I I don't even I honestly I get paid to study football. I don't I don't know who the who the Lions starting cornerbacks and wide receivers are, and it's a passing league, so I'm not feeling too threatened about them. So yeah, I think the Vikings right now look like favorites to win the division. They look like a playoff team, um, and I agree with Flip. I mean, look at all the one year contracts on this roster. This is a team that's starting to look like it's it's going in. I think there's also a football reason they're doing this. I think they looked at the salary cap, they looked at this cap crunch, and they saw it as an opportunity. They said, hey, if we clear up some space here. There are going to be some really cheap veterans available that can really help this squad. And they they go out, they're patient, they wait around, they scoop up Brashad Breland, who's who's a starting caliber corner. He was, you know, he's, he was not a pro bowler, but he was like a good cornerback for the Chiefs the last couple of years. Uh, they scoop him up to be as like a backup. Now now they scoop up Sheldon Richardson for three point six million dollars, and you know, as as like a rotational player, they they're scooping up a lot of really good vet- Mackenzie Alexander. You know, signed for veteran minimum. So a lot of these one-year deals, I think, are not because oh well, I'm you know I'm on the hot seat. I'm worried about getting fired. I think it's more like oh, this is an opportunity. This caps this cap crunch allows us to get a lot of really good players for a lot cheaper than they normally would. You know, I think in a normal cap environment, Sheldon Richardson's not signing for three point six million dollars. And I think a lot of these guys are willing to take a little bit of a one-year pay cut so that they can get a bigger pay raise the next year once cap is back to back to. So I, I, the Vikings are, to an extent, to an extent, I do think the Vikings are going a little bit all in. They're they're putting a lot of their chips into the table for this next year. Um, I don't think that nece- they're necessarily uh, sacrificing the long term future because I think we're still going to see a lot of Wyatt Davis, Christian Darrisaw, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, Irv Smith. We're going to see a lot of these like twenty two year old guys out there. Um, Cameron Dantzler, Jeff Gladney. If he doesn't get suspended, we'll see what happens there. Um, these guys are going to get their snaps, but I do think it'll be interesting to see your boy uh, DJ Wanham here. As for like win total right now, <laughs> as for win total right now, I would probably say they they look like a ten win squad right now. It's still a tough, it's still kind of a tough um, 
tough schedule ahead of them, despite the fact that it's a weak division right now. Um, so I, and it's hard to say like, they will be like a, a 13 win team. I don't, I don't just, it's hard to be that confident in the team right now. Um, Steven Weatherly is still their starting edge defender. They've got two starter, two rookie starters on the offensive line, like who I'm excited about, but they're rookies. So they're probably not going to be that good. Um, and, and Chad Beebe is still the wide receiver three, the guy they weren't even willing to give like a second round tender. Oh no. (laughs) The guy they signed for that minimum. So Nick, Nick, you and Sean done done it. Like, like, (laughs) there we go. Hey, go ahead, Flip. Go ahead. Just just stop the sandbagging. I'm like, what is all this for? What is all the excitement over the last week for if they were a nine-win team before and they're a 10-win team now? Every time we talk about contention this offseason, even before these signings, everybody just likes to talk about the weak NFC North. If we think that we need to contend, then stop talking about the NFC North teams, okay? It's bullshit. (laughs) You want to contend, we need to talk about San Francisco. We need to talk about Seattle, Dallas. We need to talk about Green Bay with or without Aaron Rodgers, okay? If we want to have confidence and really be excited about these teams, if these signings are really as cool as we all think they are, then we need to start talking in in context with those teams, not just talking about Quintez Cephas. Nobody cares about him when you're a real contender. So that's where I just get to the point. We're on these one-year deals. We're, We're clearly trying to take advantage of an opportunity. So we're not gonna spend all that money and then not be able to compare ourselves with San Francisco or Seattle. If you're sitting here today and you still don't think we can beat Seattle week three home opener after bringing in all the guys we just did, then why even bring those guys in in the first place? Okay. Shots fired. All right. Well, let's think to the future just a little bit because, I mean, we have some guys that it had been rumored for much of the offseason that, you know, there's going to be some extensions done. Uh, Some young, some old. Flip, I know you've had some feelings about how this is going to go down based on the history of the Vikings. Uh, who's getting some money this offseason? Hunter, that's done. That's taken care of. Who else is on the list to uh, to get some more money? Yeah, when you, when you get Adam Schefter to tweet out contract demands that basically puts you in front of the line for contract extensions, take note. Take note, Dalvin Cook did it. Uh, Daniil Hunter did it, so we're on a roll here. I I don't know. I mean, if I had my way, I would say let's get the Brian O'Neill extension done, first contract after his rookie deal. He's a low second-round draft pick. Time to reward that guy and project him higher, you know, get ahead of his success um, for a developing player, a player who's getting better every year, put – Put that contract extension in a place that we were with, like an Eric Kendricks and a deal Neil Hunter, make a value extension there. And then you talk about doing Harrison Smith um, um, afterwards, if you can also fit him under the cap. Knowing, knowing the Minnesota Vikings, the team that has spent $30 million on defense and $3.6 million on offense this year, would I be surprised if it's Harrison Smith, you know, the best chance at getting the first extension, no, I would not be surprised if that happens. 
Okay. Nick, are you in agreement? Or is, are we finally going to have something that you and Flip disagree with? Are we cutting Harrison I, Smith? I'm just throwing stuff out I, there. I want you two to fight about something before we go today. <laughs> <laughs> None oh, of these fans want that nine-win cautious optimism, man. <laughs> None of them want it. The problem is football is so random. Like, you never know. Like, Kirk Cousins could get hurt. Patrick Peterson could be cooked. Like, there's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of things that can go wrong. Like, the most talented Vikings team over the last decade was probably the 2018 Vikings. And who would have guessed then that, like, John Filippo was just a terrible, terrible offensive coordinator? Like, no, we all thought he was a genius. He had just, like, schemed the Eagles to a Super Bowl. So weird. You know, you can you can wind up with... Before long, Jake Long is your starting left tackle. Things get crazy. So, in terms of yeah. <laughs> in terms of extensions, I think I think O'Neal and Smith are both in line. Smith is yes, he's getting older, um, and he's probably not quite as good now as he was, say, at his peak in I don't know 2017. But he's still a good safety. He's still uh, Sam Monson at Pro Football Focus ranked him as the second best safety in the NFL heading into next year. And I'm not sure. I mean, that seems high to me, but that doesn't seem like egregiously high. Like when, when you think of who are the best safeties in the NFL right now, Harrison Smith is one of the first guys that pops into your mind. Still, he's still really good. So I, I think he'll probably get a short extension. Probably, you know, say like um, I think Jordan Poyer got something like two years, eighteen million dollars or something. I feel like that that kind of extension for Smith would make a lot of sense. So I, I feel like they'll he'll, he'll stay a little bit longer, and then I think. On- is the big one. Um, O'Neill is going to make, you know, uh, you know, $15 million to $20 million a year, depending on if they negotiate him as a right tackle or left tackle or however they want to approach that. But yeah, O'Neill is the big one. And I, I do think O'Neill will get done at some point, but probably not. I mean, they've been busy enough with enough with Hunter, Breland, Richardson, everyone else. That it'll probably still be another month or two before they get around to, to finalizing O'Neill's extension. But that's the big one. All right. Well, we've pretty Man, much gone through all the things. Oh, go ahead. Referencing 2018 is just wow to me right now because, like, no, no, well, that's the entire point. If you're putting yourselves in, like, for I know, Nick, that you don't believe in ceilings. So, if you don't believe in ceilings, your team should not be putting itself in in a position where it can only be great for one year and you're exposing yourself to something going wrong. Like maybe our OC does suck. If our OC sucks and we have all these guys only for one year, 2022 is a wrap. If, if Justin Jefferson gets injured or Dalvin cook gets injured and we have all these defenders on one year deals, 2022 is a wrap. So, so (laughs) like whether you like it or not, there's just like, there's no way to hedge on 2021 and say, okay, we'll just fit clean that up for 2022 because in 2022 you're looking at a completely different roster, whether you like it or not, whether something goes wrong in 2021 or not. Okay. Fair. Here's, here's, here's my unbridled optimism take. There on we go. Let's go. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not going to go full Homer, but I'll say things that I, I all things <laughs> I, that I honest, I think the Vikings are, have arguably the best offensive weapons in the NFL. I think they're right up there with the Chiefs, with the Bucks. I mean, is there a better wide receiver, wide receiver, running back combo than Thielen, Jefferson, and Cook? I don't think there is. They've also got Irv Smith, um, and they've they, the depth is a little concerning. But like, if you've got four bona fide, legit, elite weapons like that, well, maybe Irv is an elite, but I think Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook all are. 
that's pretty great. The offensive line, um, you know, the problem last year was that, you know, like Drew Simeon, Dakota Dozier, it's like one one rotten apple spoiled the whole bunch there. But now Dozier and Simeon are not going to be starting. They're going to have Wyatt Davis and Christian Derrissaw, who, yeah, they're rookies, but also, like, the one thing that Davis can do that we know he can do is he can anchor against, like, a penetrating three technique. That's something that, like, Dozier and Samia could not do. So I, I feel like the run game, the run blocking might take a step back. But I think the pass protection is going to be good. I think this is going to be a line that can protect Kirk Cousins. And I think this is going to be Kirk Cousins' best supporting cast in a long time. I think a lot comes down to Clint Kubiak, but I feel like there's a good chance he's just his his dad, but a little more modernized. I, you know, he, a lot of, I, I think I was thinking back to this a while ago when 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 Stefanski was thinking about bringing in uh, Gary Kubiak, the first guy he turned to was Clint Kubiak. That was the connection there was that Stefanski and Clint Kubiak worked together. So I, I feel like Clint Kubiak is like a Stefanski. He's a young ideas guy. He's getting his chance. It's going to be the same uh, wide zone boot play action offense that opens up a lot of explosive plays through the air and on the ground. But I think this offense is set up to be really, really good. Not just like top 10 good, but like top three good. It has the pieces. It has the talent. And then defensively, like look at our starters last year and look at our backups this year. I think the backups are better. Sheldon Richardson would have been the best starter on the Vikings off on the Vikings defensive line last year. And this year he's a backup. And and Brashad Breland would have been the best starting cornerback on the Vikings roster last year. And this year, he's a backup. Like, they, uh, the thing that, like, keeps me up at night about the Vikings is, like, oh, what about the if, like, somebody gets injured? What if somebody goes down? Well, now, like, there are still a few guys. They probably can't afford to lose Hunter. They probably can't afford to lose Jefferson. But, like, if if one of their linebackers goes down, if um, if if Dalvin Tomlinson goes down, they have really good depth. If, if um if um, um, Cameron Dantzler gets nicked up, they have Bashad Breeland to step in. That's really good depth. So I feel like um, there's still some concerns, but I'm not, I'm not going to say like they're they're it's Super Bowl or bust. But I do feel like it Give wouldn't me a surprise win total, me Nicholas. if they made it to like. <laughs> okay. Give me a I, win I total. I can Nick. easily see them. I can easily see them wi- winning 13 games. I, it wouldn't be Ooh. my bet, but I can e- easily see them winning. So there you go. There go. There, there's 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 my unbridled optimistic take. Where is it? <laughs> Nick dropped the mic. We can end the show. That's it. We're good. It's great well, to have you all back. <laughs> David, come back to us. Where are you at? <laughs> David, I'm here. Oh, there he is. David three. I don't even remember the other two that we get on the show usually. <laughs> this is the crew We're right here. here. We're well, back. Eric Eager and uh, Miles Gorham. Who is I mean, that was a lot down of fun in Mexico enjoying himself? Yeah, Miles it's like ninety-five degrees in Minneapolis. Why did Miles go all the way down to Mexico? <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta, you, you know. Sometimes you just gotta get away. You know, number two is on the way. You know, Miles is getting it, getting it in while he can. You know, <laughs> getting his time while he can. Well, gentlemen, as always, thanks for coming through. Viewers, thanks for hanging out with us. Listeners, you know, thanks for tuning in. They. They yeah, love optimistic we'll Nick. They love it. Optimistic Nick. <laughs> love it. There we go. And That's what we're calling it from now on. Optimistic Nick. Optimistic Flip. And this me and David. You know, we're just here. Uh, that said, David, play the music, man. Absolutely. Oh, Everybody, skull. Skull. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, Please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Roll, everybody.